You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. got to be to it. He told them that when the Spirit comes, they will be witnesses of Him. The Holy Spirit is the power behind our service. The Holy Spirit gives us the energy and the power to witness for Him. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin, convicts of righteousness, convicts of judgment. But God wants the Holy Spirit to flow from each one of us and touch the lives of our neighbors, of the people we work with, of the people down the street, the people we come in contact with. He wants the Holy Spirit to come out of us. He wants this fountain of God to flow forth. The Holy Spirit gives you the power you need in order to spread the gospel, and He gives you the energy you need to live a righteous and holy life. Pastor Dave will encourage you to not fear the Holy Spirit, but to see it as an equal to God the Father and God the Son. By His Spirit, you can do the hard things. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 7 as he continues his message, Living Waters. Here's his promise. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus is saying, if you believe in me, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. He prefaces the promise. He puts a caveat in front of the promise. In order to get this living water, in order to quench your thirst, you must believe in him. There's the caveat. There's what it comes down to. One must believe in a relationship with Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. One must believe that he is the one that God had sent. He is the Messiah. Jesus says, if you come to that belief, if you quench your thirst for God, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen in you. And he gives this promise. Out of their hearts would flow rivers of living water. Note that not only would their thirst for God would be quenched, but out of their innermost beings, out of their innermost beings would flow this beautiful, beautiful river of living waters. So you have this beautiful, beautiful invitation. And you have this promise which is attached to the invitation. Do this and this will happen. What was he talking about? What was he talking about? Well, John writing in hindsight now. John's writing this well after the resurrection. John commentaries on his own gospel. And he says in 39, but this he, Jesus, spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Interesting. Jesus declared, as the scriptures said. Old Testament scriptures Jesus says, as the scripture says, out of them will flow rivers of living waters. Is he referring to the Isaiah 44 verse? Possibly. But you know, there's a lot of scriptures in the Old Testament that talk about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. An awful lot of them, such as the prophecies of Zechariah. On the day a fountain would be opened in the house of David and living waters would go out into Jerusalem. And of course, one cannot surpass the beautiful prophecy 
of the prophet Joel. In prophet Joel in 2.28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. This beautiful prophecy. If you take Jesus' words and you go back to the original language, it even becomes more dynamic. It even becomes more dynamic. Because if you look at the words that were spoken here, you can find a more dynamic and a more intense meaning to what is being said here in our English. The word used in the Greek for flow is really the word gush. It's really the word gush. And the word translated for rivers is really the word torrents, torrents. So the translation should read, out of his innermost being, there will be a gush of torrents of living waters. What's that look like? Well, what came to my mind, number one, it's not a trickle, folks. It came to my mind, hooking up the old garden hose to the old spickeroony, you know, and turning it on and watering our lawn, stuff like that, washing our car, things like that. Have you ever been doing that and somebody sneaks up behind you and they put a kink in the hose and nothing comes out? And of course, you do the three stooges thing by looking at it. And when you look at it, they let it go. You get hit with water, right? Well, when they kink the hose, nothing comes out. And when they just open up a little bit, a little trickle comes out, doesn't it? But when they open up all the way, this hose flushes out. That's gushing water. That's torrents of water coming out of that hose. So in John's commentary, we see Jesus means that in the innermost part of our lives, those who believe in him, these waters would flow out. Now I explain to you what the scripture says, 37, 38, and 39. John explains to us that Jesus spoke these things on the most important day of the feast. We explained all the symbolism. We explained everything that happened. So why is this important to us? Why is this important to us? It is extremely important it is extremely important to us. Why is it so critical for you and I to realize that the Spirit wants to flow forth from you in a mighty gushing torrent and not merely a trickle? Why is this important? It is indeed a beautiful blessing and a joy to know that the Spirit blesses us with a deep consciousness of God. The Lord never intended the Spirit to be bottled up inside you. He intended the Spirit to come out of you. We're supposed to be vessels that flow forth the Spirit, not hold the Spirit. We're supposed to be vessels that flow forth the Spirit. Therefore, it is most crucial in any service that we might do and anything we might do for God that the Spirit be released in a mighty and gushing torrent of living water. We don't want to be just vessels that contain the Holy Spirit. We want God to work for us and pour His Spirit out on others because that's how others are going to be saved. That's how others are going to know the Lord. By the Spirit working in you, flowing forth from you, and touching heart after heart of the people you come in contact with. Now let's go forward a little bit. Chapter 20, after Jesus rises from the dead, he has his disciples there, and he does something very interesting in John 20, 22. He basically breathes on the disciples. He basically breathes on the disciples, and he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them and it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, many, many scholars believe that it was at this time that the disciples became born again. It was at this time that they became born again. Because when you become born again, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live within you. 
They became born again that day when Jesus believed on them. But fast forward to the book of Acts, and you're in chapter one of the book of Acts, and Jesus is standing with his disciples who are already born again, who already have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, and he makes this curious statement. He says, wait for the promise of the Father. What? Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait in Jerusalem. Wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost portions of the world. Now, if this wasn't such a major thing, why would Jesus mention again? Jesus himself said, John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Jesus mentions it himself. Something's got to be to it. Something's got to be to it. He told them that when the Spirit comes, they will be witnesses of him. The Holy Spirit is the power behind our service. The Holy Spirit gives us the energy and the power to witness for him. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin, convicts of righteousness, convicts of judgment. But God wants the Holy Spirit to flow from each one of us and touch the lives of our neighbors, of the people we work with, of the people down the street, the people we come in contact with. He wants the Holy Spirit to come out of us. He wants this fountain of God to flow forth. You know, when you look at the book of Acts, and we said this when we taught through the book of Acts, it could very well have been called the Acts of the Holy Spirit instead of the Acts of the Apostles. Because once the Holy Spirit fell upon those 120 waiting in the upper room that day, the world has never been the same. The world has never been the same. In the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit flowing out of these believers with dynamite power, dynamic power. In fact, in the Greek, it's called dunamis, the dunamis power, which where we get the word dynamite. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit that our man Peter stood up on the first day of Pentecost and he gave a sermon, Jesus Christ, and 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people. This is the same Peter who denied Jesus Christ three times. The same Peter who was timid, who cut off the ear of Malchus. The same Peter who bumbled and fumbled his way through the entire Christ ministry. But there was a change in him. Something different had happened because he was there at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell upon him and gave him power. Same Peter speaking now with power from the Holy Spirit to do a work. I know in all your hearts, we want to see changes in our community. I know that this drug problem has gotten out of hand. I know that this homeless problem has gotten out of hand. I know that there's crime and there's unspeakable sadness in a lot of our lives. I know that. I know you very well. I hear your stories and my heart breaks for you. And I pray for you. And we can pray together. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to change lives in this community... The Holy Spirit must be able to flow through our hearts. He must be able to flow through because that's how communities are changed. Communities are changed when the Holy Spirit starts flowing through someone's life and they start acting like they know God, acting like God is who he says he is. Go back and look at every, every great revival in the history of the world. I can guarantee you'll find one common denominator, the Holy Spirit starting in one life. The Holy Spirit starting in one life, and it spread like wildfire. Every single revival, including some of the other early, early revivals and the Welsh revival, those when it started with little young people. Many of you here seek revival. I've heard you pray. You seek revival. Many of you would like nothing 
then a great revival to happen before Jesus returns for his church. I would love to see that too. I would love to see that. But it starts with us. It starts here in your heart, in your heart. That's where it starts. Don't expect somebody else to do your work. Don't expect somebody else to be the witness that you need to be, especially to your own children, to your own parents, to your own co-workers. You need to be that witness. God has placed you there for that reason. You need to be that witness. The revival can only happen as we submit to the Holy Spirit and allow him to gush forth from our lives. But sadly, many of you seem afraid of the Holy Spirit. Ooh, holy spooky. You're afraid of the Holy Spirit. Why? The Holy Spirit is the agent of the Godhead at work on the earth today. He is the agent of the Godhead, the Trinity. God has never left heaven. God is in heaven. He's on the throne. Jesus, who was here, went back to God the Father and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. But the Holy Spirit is here and now. It is the Holy Spirit that is keeping back the evil one. The Holy Spirit is the restrainer. He's restraining evil. He's working in and through us. He is working here. He's called the helper. He's called the comforter. In Greek, it's called the parakletos, the one who comes alongside and helps you. But when Jesus said, I'm going to send you another, he said, I'm going to send you another just like me. He used the Greek word alos, A-L-L-O-S, and it means one exactly the same. See, the Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit isn't like God. The Holy Spirit doesn't represent God. The Holy Spirit is God. Father, Son, Spirit, three in one, the Trinity. So why would we be afraid of him? Why would we be afraid of him? And notice I said him. The Holy Spirit is a person. Read all the pronouns that are associated with the Holy Spirit. Him, him. The Holy Spirit has emotions. You can grieve the Spirit. You can quench the Spirit. You can ignore the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is the one. The Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus, who is exactly like God. When you're saying no to the Holy Spirit, folks, you're saying no to God. I've heard it say that the Holy Spirit's going to make you do evil. When was the last time God ever made anybody do evil? When was the last time God ever made anybody do evil or even say something evil? When was the last time that ever happened? Go through the scriptures. God never causes evil. God doesn't even tempt us. But I've heard it say. You may say, well, Dave, I received the Holy Spirit when I became born again. And you're 100% right. You did. You are 100% right. When, when you became born again, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you received the Holy Spirit. It came in you. That's scriptural. Yeah, absolutely. I will not argue with you that at all. But do you have the power of God working through you? Is the Spirit flowing from you like torrents of living water? Or is there just a trickle? You know, as believers, we enjoy a tremendous privilege by having the Holy Spirit in us. We know the glory of having our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit, Paul says. We see the wonderful work of the Holy Spirit as he conforms us into the image of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We see that. We recognize that. But this outflow of the Spirit in our lives is something different. Jesus promised that out of your innermost beings would gush torrents of living water. Does this describe your life? Simple question. Does this describe your life? 
Does this describe your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Can you say, yes, praise God, there was a flowing forth from my life like a torrent of love, like a torrent of gushing water. If not, then I have to ask, why not? What's holding you back? If this does not describe your Christian walk, then I may I suggest that God has something more for you. Something that you have yet to experience. Should you not desire that everything that God has for you? I've said this before, and I don't mind saying it again. When it comes to God's gifts, I'm greedy. I want everything he has for me. Lord, if you want it for me, here I am. Lay it on me. I want it. Don't hold back. Should not we desire everything God has for us? Should we not seek the promise of the Father, as Jesus calls it? Should we not seek the overflowing power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Now, i got to tell you that many of you have read the Calvary Distinctives, our black book that says Calvary Distinctives. We believe at Calvary Chapel there is an experience with a third experience with the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is with you before conversion. The Holy Spirit comes in you upon conversion. But we also believe that there is another experience with the Holy Spirit. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, you might call it being filled with the Holy Spirit. You might call it a gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't care what you call it. But we believe that there is another experience. Jesus called it baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that's why we use the word baptism. You can be filled. The terminology doesn't matter. The important thing is, have you experienced it? Has it happened in your life? The Apostle Paul prayed for the Corinthian church that they would not come up short in any spiritual gift. And this is my prayer for you, that you would not come up short in any spiritual gift. Think of all the wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, chapter 9 of Romans, chapter 4 of Ephesians, all these beautiful and wonderful gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to pour upon you so that you can be witnesses of him. All these beautiful things that the Holy Spirit wants to do. Think about it. Don't choose to come up short with anything the Lord declares and desires you to have. Allow the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit to come through you. Allow him to touch you and your family, your neighbors, your co-workers, your friends, your relatives, and all the people that you want to be saved. All the people. Think about it. Oh, my. Some of us are missing out on so much. And it's sad. I'm not saying you're not born again. I'm not even saying you won't go to heaven because that's not scripture. But I'm saying you're missing out on the power to serve God. You're missing out on the power to serve God. So you may be sitting there and say, okay, Dave, I get it, I get it. How do I receive it? I'm glad you asked. Glad you asked. Dr. Luke, in his gospel, in chapter 11, the first thing he does is Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray. He teaches the disciples how to pray. And then he talks about the friend coming from midnight and goes on and on. And then he says these things, beginning in verse 9 of chapter 11 in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus is speaking. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who receives and who seeks, finds. Him who knocks, it will be opened. Here comes the kicker. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish... Will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, are you ready? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How do you receive it? Ask. 
You ask for it. You ask for it. And then you receive it like you received everything else by faith. Everything else you received by faith. You accept this precious gift that God wants to give you. Yeah, but Dave, if I do this, will something happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Something will happen, all right. And it may manifest itself differently in everybody's lives, but things will happen. Things could happen. We don't know how it's going to manifest itself. Some of you may speak in tongues. Some of you may have a gift of prophecy. Some of you may have a gift of wisdom or a gift of healing. Who knows how it's going to manifest, but you should expect something. In the early church, it manifests itself in tongues. And it brought people to the Lord. It manifests itself. The Holy Spirit is waiting. He just wants to fill you afresh to overflowing. It wants to fill you so you can be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Read Acts 1. Read Acts 1. They waited, and they waited, and they waited, and then, bam, the Holy Spirit came upon them. I can tell you, of all the wonderful gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, and believe me, he gives you, and we should want them all, and we should desire the best gift. And what does Paul say the best gift is? Love. Love. Because if I speak with the tongues of angels that don't have loves, it's a clanging brass symbol. If I prophesy and don't have love, what do I have? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to start trusting God and allow him to be who he is. It's time to allow God to be God, especially in your life. We all want to see something happen in this community. We all are praying for each other. We're praying for miracles to happen, the miracle of salvation. We're praying for these things to happen. Can't we just open our hearts to the Holy Spirit and allow him to do a mighty work in us? Allow those rivers of living waters, those torrents of living waters to pour out and touch heart after heart after heart. It's time to give him complete access to our life. Here I am, Lord, take me, whatever you want. I know, whatever you want. It's a simple ask. It's a simple ask. It's a simple question. Lord, give it to me. Paul says, desire the best gift. Desire that gift that God wants to give to you. It's time for these torrents of living water to gush forth from our lives. It's time. You realize how short time is? On the prophetic calendar, do you realize where we are? We're on the edge, the precipice. We're on right there at the edge. The next prophetic thing to happen, we call the rapture of the church. That's the next prophetic thing. Would you want to be in heaven without your loved one? Would you want to be in heaven without your neighbor, without your friends, without your co-workers, without anyone? Would you want to be in heaven without them? No, of course not. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Church, it's time for us to start acting church. Stop playing church. We need to become the church. And mighty people will come in, not to church, but they'll come into the kingdom. It's not about numbers. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about people getting saved, going to heaven, being there for everlasting life. I challenge you. I challenge you right now. If you haven't experienced this baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you haven't experienced this with the Holy Spirit, you need to. You are the book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.